Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Thunder Buddies Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Martin, and I am joined by my Thunder Buddy, Joe Masato. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Michael. I've, I've got a question for you, though. Go for it. You're ready. Are you... Um, I don't think I've ever asked you this. Are you like Michael Malone in that you do not like to be called Mike? It's really just up to whoever. Growing up, okay. as a little kid, it was more just like, I want to be Michael, I don't want to be Mike, because that seemed like an older person's name. Mm-hmm. But then as I kept getting older and playing basketball, it's easier to say that because it's one syllable. Yeah. So you just Mike you go with it. Yeah. It it doesn't really bother me. Whatever you want. Uh, that's My family calls me Michael, but uh, do you have anyone in your life that calls you Joseph? I, I don't. I don't. Um I also don't go by Joseph, though, so you know that's, that's the big, that's the big difference here. But you know, my, Michael Malone used to go by Mike, or seemed like he was fine to be called Mike, and now um, he has an aversion to be called Mike, and he wants to go by Michael. And um, if uh, no one has any idea what I'm talking about, I'm uh, referencing the NBA Finals, in which the Denver Nuggets beat the Miami Heat in Game Five last night, and Michael Malone. Like Michael Martin, same name, uh, is an NBA champion. So shout out to the Denver Nuggets and to Nikola Jokic and his horses and um, Ish Smith, Jeff Green, Reggie Jackson, uh, former Thunder draft pick Peyton Watson. Congrats to all those guys. I've seen a lot of Thunder murmurs on Twitter. Not exactly happy about Reggie Jackson, but the other guys uh, very excited for. I've seen more Thunder excitement for DeAndre Jordan. I... uh. I'm legitimately happy for Jeff Green and Ish Smith because Ish Smith's been on 13 teams. Jeff Green's been on 12 teams. Obviously, Jeff Green meant more to Oklahoma City and the Thunder than Ish Smith did. Um, but it uh, kind of shows the pass- passing of time, right? That uh, young Jeff Green, Uncle Jeff, is now an NBA champion after all these years. So, um, yeah, three former Thunders on that uh, on that championship team. So, yeah, congrats congrats to them. I I actually was cheering for the Miami Heat, um, especially last night, just because I wanted it to be extended a little bit, see another game. But uh, that very much felt like a game seven. It was just, it was nasty basketball, but uh, all out effort. It was kind of fun to watch. The immortal Jeff Green. Death taxes Jeff Green. All are inevitable. But uh, let's, let's talk about something else with the Nuggets, and that's something that happens to do with the Thunder. The Thunder and the Nuggets made a trade during the finals. You don't see that very often. But the Nuggets get the worst of the uh, Thunder's four first-round picks next season. The Thunder own the, their own pick, the Jazz, the Rockets, and the Clippers. And the Nuggets will also get the 37th overall pick in this year's draft. In exchange, the Thunder will receive a protected first from the Nuggets in 2029. What was your initial reaction to this? Well... 
my initial reaction was surprise because like you said, um, I was not anticipating a trade during the NBA finals, uh, involving one of the NBA finals teams. Uh, I, I mean, shout out to Calvin Booth and the Nuggets front office for both thinking about the NBA finals and this, uh, draft pick trade. But, uh, you know, I, I think it makes, I think it makes a lot of sense, um, for both teams, you can see why the Nuggets are prioritizing the near future, um, adding another draft pick uh, this coming summer, or this almost coming next week, but June 22nd, um, getting that 37th pick, uh, and and uh, the worst of what could be four Thunder first-round picks next year, could be two Thunder first-round picks, and that's where things get interesting. Um, but the Thunder is always willing to sort of hedge the future. And, you know, right now it looks like, I mean, people are talking about, could this be the beginning of a dynasty for Denver, all of this stuff? 2029, I have no idea if we're going to be here as the human race, um, much less if Nikola Jokic is still going to be in Denver or whatever. So they're just kind of hedging the uncertainty of that future while um, kicking the can down the road to a time where, they can either use that pick to add a young, cheap player to an established core by that time, or use it as a, as trade bait. You use it as a as part of a bigger package. So it makes a lot of sense. We we always said the Thunder can't use all four of these first round picks next year, um, three picks this year. So why not turn those into a chance to get the most valuable pick? And I I think that's ultimately. Uh, kind of the rationale for making this trade. You think the pick that they're going to give Denver next year would most likely be, at best, a, a middling first-rounder to late first-rounder. Like, I still think the Clippers are going to be good next year. So, you know, and the Thunder should kind of be in, in that same in a similar mix, like just outside of the lottery. So um, you kind of, you're you're not risking a lot. You're kind of banking on the upside that that pick down the road becomes more valuable than everything you just traded now. Yeah, the Nuggets do this to maximize their championship window, to add some more role players. I think this new CBA, you know, we're not cap experts, but I think this is very important for them to add another younger contract before this comes, you know, into action. And for the Thunder, like you said, they kick the can down the road. Um, they give up one of the first-round picks for next year, the worst of the four, in exchange for a Nuggets pick so far in the future. We don't know what it's going to look like because, as we know with the NBA, maybe Jokic is one of the, um, you know, what is the word I'm looking for here? <laughs> maybe he's the... Uh, he doesn't um, go along with those rules. Like He's exemption to like the rules. There we space. go. Yeah. Normally, yeah. I'm pretty quick on my feet with these things. This, this time, we screwed up a little bit, but we are back on track here. Yeah. Outlier. Yeah, you, you try to ask me like to know what you're saying. I, I have no idea what's going on ever. You, you so, should be uh, reading my mind us. by now. We've done too many pods for you not to understand what I'm about to say. But yeah. anyways. I, I mean, I think it's even less about that. It's It's more so like... Again, you're the Thunder doesn't need all of these picks, especially next year's draft. Like everyone thinks it's it's going to be a bad draft and everything like that. So you're just you're increasing 
the you're increasing the variance of that pick when it's that far out, 2029. 20, it might be bad, but it also might be really good. No one knows. No one can even pretend to predict what is going to be going on um, in 2029. 20, and the Thunder knows or roughly knows the value of the picks it just traded. So it's kind of like trading the known that's eh, kind of lackluster for the unknown of, well, it might not be great, but could be amazing. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, just think about all the stars that have moved in the last six years. Even the same stars moving multiple times. So anything, I mean, nothing is guaranteed for 2029. Jokic might retire tomorrow and go uh, tend to his horses, for all I know. That would not be surprising. It would be like the Tim Duncan retirement where it's just like, uh, Tim Duncan has an announcement. It's just a piece of paper that says, I retired. It's like, yeah. well, where did he go? It's like, we don't know. The, but, the key here, though, that we haven't really talked about is like, so Woj and Sean's re- reported this trade. I've since tried to find out, but but can't. Uh, haven't been able to find out, and apparently Woj and them haven't either. But like, what are the protections on this 2029 first-round pick? Because if it's, you know, top 10 protected, well, uh, you're not feeling as good about that because then you're limiting um, kind of that upside play. Um, I would I would guess it's going to be a little lower than that, maybe like top five protected. They could also, Denver also is a Thunder pick in 2027. They could also rework the uh, protections around that. So I think there's a lot of minor details of this trade we don't yet know that could when you add those together, could be a pretty major detail of what the eventual valuation looks like. Yeah, the pick protections are the most important thing. And right now, as you mentioned, we don't know. But with the Thunder only giving up, you know, the, well, they're giving the 37th pick up this year, which is fine. And then that 2024 pick, the worst of the four, I don't think there's a way that you're probably not going to at least get even value out of the Denver pick, just no matter where it falls, unless it is in one of those protected spots where they don't, where it doesn't convey, I guess. Yeah, and the Thunder could also add protections on maybe its its own pick next year, if that's included in the worst of the four. Like, not to get too uh, complicated here, but so the Thunder owns for four first-round picks next year. They they have their first and the Clippers first. So the, both of those, as of now, are unprotected. So if one of those is the worst of the four, that's what goes to the Nuggets. They also have the Rockets pick that is top four protected, um, meaning if it lands one through four, the Rockets keep that pick. So that pick would not be eligible to be traded to Denver. Uh, they also have the Jazz top 10 protected pick. So if the Jazz land in the top 10, that one can't go to Denver either. So then you're down to two picks, the Thunder pick and the Clippers pick. Say, worst case scenario happens, Shea gets hurt, Thunder bottoms out. Um, well, still the Clippers would likely be the, the worst pick among the two. But, I, but in that scenario, I think you could say, okay, like we're going to, uh, the Thunder's protecting their pick, top 10 protected, and then kind of... Uh, the payout goes down the road. So I don't even know if that is on the table. I'm just saying that that could be a possibility uh, kind of of what this looks like, because we keep talking about four uh, picks next year. It, I mean, it could be four, could be three, could be two though. 
Yeah, no guarantee they convey, but guarantee right now is that there is a roster crunch for the Thunder. They give up this pick um, this year, the 37th pick, and then one pick next year, which adds another roster spot, or I guess doesn't add one. It just doesn't take one away, I guess, with a pick. But which guys on the current roster do you think um, benefit the most from the Thunder making this deal? Well, you know, you sent me that question in the outline, and I hadn't really thought about it in that sense because the the thunder has had three had three total picks right in, in this upcoming draft and that, that that's now down to two now there's no telling if they were going to make all three of those picks or not and add those guys to the roster which would then create a crunch um but if you're on the back end of the roster and you go from your team having three picks to two picks like that does increase job security so um those guys are on you know the the back end of the roster like i mean it's hard to even say who, who's there there's so many question marks but like jeremiah robinson earl trey man like hoku like you're feeling a little more secure um knowing that that crunch doesn't exist as much i mean lindy waters um if he's going to be brought back that's a that's a big question i don't know about so you know those guys weren't going to get cut I'm confident in saying that. Um, but if you need to do some sort of back into the roster, like um, moves or trades or anything like that, um, it, it could be difficult to add three more pieces. But now you're just looking at two, and it might not even be two um, for all I know. I mean, the Thunder could trade number 12 and or trade 50 and you know end up with only one pick in this upcoming draft, or they could buy back into the draft and get three picks. And then uh, we're talking about the same conversation. Yeah. Anything could happen. Um, but just assuming they only have two, I think that like you mentioned, Trey, Jerry, Poku are the biggest winners of that. Just needing more minutes in this. I mean, there's somewhat of a roster crunch just because they're trying to develop so many guys, but it's not like they have so much talent that they can't like roster everyone, if that makes sense. So I think yeah. it's just more of just like a lifeline for those uh, guys towards the bottom of the rotation of here's another uh, chance for you to prove it over this off season and hopefully going to next season. Yeah. So right now, looking at the roster, um, Dario Saric is is most likely going to be gone. So that's one spot. So let's just say the the twelfth pick fills that spot um they could create another spot well they they could here's what they could do they could sign the the 50th pick to a two-way contract that would actually be the most likely scenario i would say and then they don't have to have to worry about opening another spot uh again the lindy thing is a little more complicated because he's not going to be back on a two-way contract he was he was signed to a standard contract um but you know, there's there's an option there. I, I don't know how that's going to go, but um, right now you could just kind of look at it that way, that the charge spot is going to be filled and that a second rounder could sign a two-way deal. 
Well, moving on, everybody seems to want to trade up in this draft, and I did some research that I wanted to throw at you of just some different trade-ups in the last 10 years, and just, you know, is it worth it? And also, how much does it really cost to move up in the draft? Because I think everyone, because they see how many picks the Thunder have, they just kind of, it's a foregone conclusion. If they can trade up, let's do it. But I don't think it's always the smartest move to do, as history will say with a lot of these trades. Let's do it. I'm I'm uh, curious to see uh, what you dug up from the archives. So from last year, this is too early to kind of go back and reconsider, but the Thunder trade for Usman Jang, they sent three uh, protected first-round picks to the Knicks in exchange for the 11th pick, Usman Jang. Way too early to know uh, if that's a win on either side. Next one is uh, the Pistons trade for Jalen Duran. The Pistons received the draft rights to Jalen Duran, the 13th pick from the Hornets, and Kimba Walker, who they bought out. Uh, the Knicks get a 2023 lottery protected uh, Detroit first and a 2025 lottery protected first from the Blazers. The Hornets get a Nuggets pick, uh, 27th overall, and a whole bunch of second round picks. I'd go ahead and say that this is a win for Detroit, even though I said it's too early to grade. But I think that they got the, uh, the player out of it unless one of these picks conveys at a very, very high level. I think that the Pistons are very happy with this exchange. I, I I like that one. Um, I especially like having the lottery protections on those outgoing picks. You're you're really protecting yourself there. Um, Duran, it's early, but um, big fan of his. Now he he's not a guy that could sort of fit into every system. But Jalen Duran's one of those guys. When I watched, it's like if you if you had no idea what you were watching or who was who, you would think he's like 26 years old. Um, instead, he was like one of the youngest guys in the NBA playing at 19 years old. He's just super chiseled and just like a force of nature. So, um, I, I like that. I, I like that pick a lot. I know a lot of people were interested in Duran, um, for the Thunder to take him. Not sure he's exactly the type of player they would be interested, especially at that high of a pick. Um, but Detroit, despite their glut of big men, I like that. Here's one that's a little bit more up in the air as win or loss, and that's the Grizzlies in 2021 traded up into the top 10 to get Zaire Williams. Uh, they traded, they uh, received the 40th pick in the draft, later moved to the Jazz, a protected 2022 uh, first-round pick. Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe, the Pelicans, get Jonas Valanciunas and a 17th pick, which turns into Trey Murphy. I think they'd want that one back. I think they'd rather have Trey Murphy than Zaire Williams. Well, there's no doubt about it. The the hard thing with these is you're obviously trading up to get their your guy. Their guy was Zaire Williams. Now, if that 17th pick, you said 17, right, for Trey Murphy? If that 17th pick is used on someone who is not Trey Murphy, suddenly the trade looks a lot better. So you're kind of like how we value these trades is based on who got drafted at that slot and like did that team make a good pick. Um, it's not like, you know, they had a Trey Murphy and Zaire Williams in camp and they chose Zaire Williams over Trey Murphy. I mean, to some extent they did because I guess they could have traded up and drafted Trey Murphy. Um, but if the uh, if the Pels make a bad pick there, um, then w- we look at that a little differently. But yeah, right now on the uh, basketball reference transaction page, it will not be looking good. Yeah, the other guys taken in that range are James Booknight, Josh Primo, Chris Duarte, Moses Moody, Corey Kispert, and Alperin Shingoon before Trey Murphy. So 
some other quality guys, maybe you still would take the swing at Zaire Williams, but definitely would rather have uh, Trey Murphy. And I'm glad you said that about just some of it where it's just winds up with who's the other pick. Uh, we go to 2019. This one's kind of an outlier, and this is the Anthony Davis trade. The Lakers get mm. AD, the Wizards get Isaac uh, Bonga, Jamario J- uh, Jones, and Mo Wagner. The Pelicans get Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, number four overall pick, DeAndre Hunter, and two more first-round picks on top of the swap rights uh, to the Lakers' picks on select years. And this uh, became a bigger trade where then the um, Pelicans moved number four over to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the Hawks get DeAndre Hunter, the 57th overall pick, and a future second-round pick along with Solomon Hill. The Pelicans received number eight pick Jackson Hayes, the 17th pick Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and the 35th pick Marcos Lozada Silva. I'm sure that you have a lot of distinct memories of uh, uh, Marcos. Yeah, I remember watching a ton of tape on Marcos. Um, yeah, that one that one is uh, complicated. Although I, I love some of those names you mentioned, uh, Isaac Bonga, he had a he had quite a backing by some niche NBA people for a while. Solomon Hill, what a player! Um, I think it's more about uh, the fact that the Hawks are trading up to get number four Hunter from the Pelicans. I think is the bigger discussion point here. I guess about with trade ups because that, that is the bigger discussion. I'm just getting uh, lost a little bit. So. So, so the Hawks trade up to get number four mm-hmm. in DeAndre Hunter, and they gave up what to? They gave up eight, seventeen, and thirty-five, which turned into Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Marcos Lozada Silva. I just wanted you to say that again. Um, I think I think that's about. I think that's a good look at what how much these draft picks cost um, because. That's a three for one, eight, seventeen, thirty-five to move up to four. Um, that's yeah, that 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 sounds about right. I mean, the difference between four and eight is so large, especially on what your based on what your draft board looks like, um, that you're going to have to sacrifice a lot of quality quantity to move up um, f- for that kind of quality. So. Um, yeah, that you know, without even considering the players taken um, with those picks, um, and I do have a certain affinity for for Jackson Hayes, born in Norman Regional Hospital. Um, yeah, it's a good it's a good trade for the Hawks. Now DeAndre Hunter, not exactly the the fourth overall pick that you would want, but hey, yeah. But if you that's just look the at the risk on, of doing business, yeah, if you just look at it on paper, eight, seventeen, and thirty five in exchange for four. 57 and bad salary so uh, the pelicans get off some money the only regret i would have and you know this is if i was a pelicans i wouldn't trade down i just would have taken darius garland but uh it's a topic for another day so let's get into another one from the 2019 draft the Jarrett culver trade i'm sure you had this on your short list of a uh, trade-up ideas big Jarrett culver guy listen here's a great example of how much i don't know what i'm talking about when it comes to the drafts i was such a big Jarrett culver guy uh, I was covering OU that year and went down to Lubbock and w- was just so impressed with Culver at Texas Tech and was like, this guy has the body, the frame. Like, I, I just don't see a way in which he doesn't fit in the NBA. He was an elite defensive player. And, uh, yeah, he is a he is a total bust. So 
there's my there's my uh, scouting report for the day. <laughs> Wolves received the number six pick, Jarrett Culver. The Suns got Dario Saric back and the 11th overall pick, which became Cam Johnson. Definitely one I think the Wolves would want to have back uh, with uh, both those guys. Not necessarily meaning that you're taking Cam Johnson at 11, but uh, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, definitely some picks that would have been better than um, Jarrett Culver. Culver was at six or four. Um, it said six or, here, but I'll look it up again on the draft. Oh, no, no. I was, I was just double-checking. I mean, in hindsight, though, if it's not Jarrett Culver, I think that's pretty good value to get the sixth pick, just giving up 11 and Sharich. Yeah, that's um, great value. That That's a, a lot of teams would do that. Now, heck, they would have been better off taking. <laughs> I mean, Cam Johnson was seen as a risk even at 11 there, given his age and uh, some injury issues coming out of Carolina. Um, but if you take Cam Johnson at, at a six and you reverse it and uh, say the Suns take Jarrett Culver at 11, it's suddenly looking a lot better um, for Minnesota. But So they, they totally whiffed on the pick, but I think the process there was good and what they gave up for it. Yeah, and Cam Johnson was a stretch at 11. I mean, the yeah. Kobe White clip is still viral to this day where he was shocked that he's like, Cam Johnson went 11? Wow. But I mean all yeah. the guys in between Jarrett Culver to wow. uh yeah, <laughs> to Cam Johnson, there's not a lot of uh guys where you're like, Man, I can't believe we missed out. Seven Kobe White, eight Jackson Hayes, nine Rui Hachimura, ten Cam Reddish, eleven Cam Johnson. That's rough, man. Yeah, so I'm sure there were guys later on the draft, but yeah, if you're looking in that range, you're probably not going kicking yourselves like Man, we could have had Rui Hachimura. I mean, he had that great run this year in the playoffs, but other than that, I wouldn't be too upset. On to I twenty. Cam Johnson's the best player in that mix. Definitely. On to 2018, we mentioned Cam Reddish. He was also involved in this one. The Luka Doncic for Trey Young trade. The Mavericks received the number three overall pick. Luka, the Hawks get five. And the 2019 first-round pick that turned into Cam Reddish. Yeah, as a bad trade. <laughs> bad, 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 bad trade. Um, if Luka Doncic was not on the board uh, or, or, or was not involved, maybe it looks okay. You move back two spots while picking up another valuable first-round pick the next year. In a draft where three and five, I mean... Like say, I can pull it up for you this, if you want. Yeah. Say in this draft it was four and six, and you can trade four to move back to six and get a lottery pick the next year, you probably do that because there's no consensus with this draft of like who four through six is, whether it's the Thompson twins, Jairus Walker, Cam Whitmore, um, whatever you're feeling in that range. But Luca, it was insane that he didn't go one or two uh everyone trashes the suns for the Aiden pick but how about the kings with the bagley pick um but yeah so in hindsight that one looks horrible um but other players on the board i, I kind of like the valuation there yeah the kings thing is just unforgivable i mean vladi i think was friends with luca's dad and there was some rumor that came out that they didn't take luca because vladi thought that luca's dad was a loser or something like that just something well, incredibly sun- dumb the Suns had, like, the Slovenian coach. I mean, yeah. there was, like, two connections right at the top, and they were like, nah, we're, we're good. 
this is going to be one of those in like 20 years where kids are going to go, why didn't they take him one? He was the MVP of like Euro league at like 19. It's like, I don't know. Just please leave me. <laughs> we, we were dumb. We don't, we didn't know what we we're doing. I liked Luke in this draft, but yeah, whole lot of crazy things. I think the, the Hawks would definitely want that one back as much as they love Trey in Atlanta. Yeah, they, uh, I think Trey is still loved in Atlanta, but, uh, Love is a fickle thing. Yeah, he got uh, yeah, dunked yeah, on on Mike. <laughs> he got dunked on Twitter last night all over because uh, he said, "Congrats to the Nuggets, we got next year." And all of Twitter goes, "No, you do not. You do not have next year." They probably don't have next year. Um, no, probably not. Probably not. Gotta appreciate the confidence. Yeah, another 2018 uh, draft trade. The very first Shea trade, Joe. The Clippers receive okay. the draft rights to SGA, the 11th pick. The Hornets get Miles Bridges and two second-round picks. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say teams are now 0-2 on trading for Shea, or trading Shea away and are losing these trades by a country mile. Uh, Shout-out Paul George. Yes, um, that's kind of a little-known fact that uh, Shea was actually a, a pick of the Hornets and then uh, really traded twice. So, yeah, that one... Uh, that one worked out brilliantly for the Clippers and then again revisionist history like the Clippers had to make that trade I think it made sense for them to make that trade but the Thunder certainly benefited from that so the Clippers kind of went they're kind of batting 500 when it comes to Shea I would say yeah and that's a trade you're going to make every single time I think if you ask the Clippers again they'd want to do over and they do it again just hoping for better injury luck with a lot of these guys I mean I know you're attaching a lot of your um, assets and your uh, organization and team to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's health, but I think they would still do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the Hornets would want that one back. Oh, yeah. No, the Hornets, yeah, they uh, they acquire the 12th pick and two future second-round picks. That just, it reminded me of, um, this is going to be very in-the-weeds, Thunder nerdy stuff, but um, you remember when the Thunder wanted Byron Mullins in the... Mavericks sniped him, so then they had to take Roddy Bobois and trade that. Felt like that. Yes. So, so the the Hornets had the. They had, remind me what pick they had. They had so Shea went eleventh. Yeah, he went eleventh to the Hornets, and the Clippers had twelve and thirteen in that draft. They tw- uh, traded twelve and two future first, uh, two future second round picks for Miles Bridges. So eleven so went twelfth. Uh, yes. So 11 in exchange for 12 and two second round picks. Okay. So they, to move back one spot, yeah. they picked up two future seconds. Um, yeah, that was, a. that, I mean, it just goes back to how these teams are thinking on draft night. Like the Hornets are probably looking at their board, um, and have miles bridges higher on their board than Shea or another player higher on their board. Um, then Shan are looking at it like, hey, we're only moving back one spot for this guy we're not going to take anyway, and we're going to get two future seconds back. Not a big haul, but something you do if you're undecided. Um, and they just had the wrong valuation on the actual pick. And then Michael Porter Jr. goes 14, but uh, that's topic for another day. 2017, one of the rare trade for number one pick in the draft trades the Fultz Tatum trade. The 76ers receive the number one pick, Markel Fultz. The Celtics receive the number three pick, Jason Tatum, and a 2019 first that turned into Romeo Langford. 
Well, this one has yeah, like an that, asterisk a, a little bit. That, that that one does have an asterisk. Imagine how how uh, good it would look for the Celtics if they didn't draft Romeo Langford um, with that pick, and if they actually would have got a better player. But yeah, you would uh, you would take Tatum over Fultz any day of the week. Um, but it is cool to kind of see the resurgence Fultz has had. But yeah, the, the the Celtics won that trade hands down. Yeah, so not always great to trade up. Another 2017 one. The first Jimmy Butler trade, Jimmy Butler to the Wolves. The Wolves received Jimmy Butler, the number 16 pick. Thunder le- uh, legend Justin Patton. The Bulls received mm. Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the number 7 pick, Larry Markkinen. Okay, I, I need to think about these from like the numbers standpoint. So what, what are the pick numbers being traded here? Jimmy and 16 for Levine, Dunn, and 7. Oof. And then Markinen went seven. Yes. Yeah, I mean, listen, a lot of teams had it wrong with Jimmy. the The Bulls had it wrong. The Wolves had it wrong. Sixers had it wrong. Um, but I, I feel like at the time of this trade. Remind me how we felt as an NBA community about that trade. I think people liked it because this is when um, this was the summer the Wolves hired Tibbs. So they're bringing mm-hmm. in Tibbs to uh, work with um, Wiggins and Towns, and then Jimmy comes in. And then mm-hmm. they were like the number three seed for most of that next season until Jimmy got mm-hmm. hurt and they fall to eight. I think that most people now would say they probably pushed their timeline forward a little bit too much. I don't think that. Wiggins and Towns were ready by then. I think maybe Towns was maybe in his third or fourth year. Yeah. I mean, really, it's been a no, it's been a lose-lose. Yeah. Well, here's one with with a definite win. Um, The Nuggets won the title, so they can do whatever. They don't have to be mad about this. But the Jazz received the number 13th pick, Donovan Mitchell. The Nuggets get back Trey Lyles in a 20, 20, uh, and they get a 24 overall pick back in Tyler Lydon. That that was a bad one. They 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 traded out of thirteen to, what what was the twenty twenty? What uh, was the pick that conveyed? Okay, sorry. Yeah, I messed that up. I've been so caught up in future picks in twenty twenty four. No, you're good. Yeah, the Jazz get the number thirteen pick, Donovan Mitchell, in exchange for Trey Lyles and a twenty fourth overall pick, Tyler Lydon. That doesn't seem like great value. Seems like horrible value. Like that wasn't even that long ago, but. It would be insane if a team made that sort of trade today. Like, I just feel like that's not valuing the draft enough. Yeah, just a meddling, sign of a younger role player, and then a way, way back first round pick. Yeah, I don't like that one. But hey, they're celebrating in the streets of Denver. Like Brian Windhorst said, you don't have to apologize when you win it all. But 2016. Marquise Chris, another guy who uh, had a cup of coffee in Oklahoma City, although didn't suit up. Uh, the Suns received the number eight overall pick. Marquise Chris, the Sacramento Kings get the 13th pick and get Giorgio's Papayanis, Scalabissier, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and a 2020 second round pick. What do you want me to say about this one, Michael? Everybody loses. <laughs> Everybody loses. Yeah, number eight, Marquise Chris, Papayanis. Uh, I mean, do you have any strong thoughts on Scal Labissier, another Kentucky guy? I don't know if you were around for Scal. Yeah, Scal was before my time, but, you know, 
Scowl was better fit for the NBA game than the college game. Like he just kind of wasn't like that uh, tough interior presence that Cal really likes to use at Kentucky, um, and and showed some kind of outside inability in the NBA. Kind of a uh, a little bit before his time, I would I would say. But I mean, Scowl is not playing today. I'm sure he's playing somewhere. I'm gonna look this up. Uh, this is this is why people listen. Thank you everyone exactly. for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. Scal Lebissier. Uh, uh, oh boy, I don't even know what this league is. Uh, Balancesto Superior Nacional. So I assume that's the Spanish league. Um, the BSN. Okay, now we have to do another Google search. BSN Basketball. Uh, Balancesto Superior Nacional. Uh, oh my, it is the league in Puerto Rico, so uh, not quite the Spanish league. So yeah, things are not looking great for Scal, although I'm sure Puerto Rico is a lovely place. I do have a, a better trade here. This one involves the Thunder. The Magic receives Serge Ibaka. The Thunder receive oh, no. the number 11 pick, Damanis Sabonis, Victor Oladipo, and Ursan Ilyasova. <laughs> Just, uh, I mean, a disastrous trade by... The magic, and that's like kind of the trade everyone circles back on for the Thunder because you can trace, um, you can trace Serge Ibaka all the way to the SGA trade. Um, Rob Hennigan was in Orlando at the time. He had been a former Sam Presti disciple, both Emerson College grads, and uh, you know, Rob had a tough go of it. In Orlando, I mean, who knows what the ownership situation was like as far as pressuring him to make certain deals and just kind of got some bad lottery luck. Uh, but now Rob is is, is back in Oklahoma City. Um, but he probably wants to close his ears a little bit on that one. Yeah, all I remember from that is um, they paired Serge Ibaka with Bismack Biombo, who they signed in free agency along with uh, Nikola Vucevic. And then they flip. Remind me who they flipped Ibaka for with Toronto. Um, it was like Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross, right? Yeah. Terrence Ross and something else. I'll I'll find it oh, up. Oh man, that that just that just kept looking worse and worse for the Fighting Orlando's. Yeah, and but whenever you have the chance to pair Nikola Vucevic, Bismack Biombo, Serge Ibaka, and then later uh, Aaron Gordon together in a lineup, and you have anti-shooting. You definitely have to do that. Yeah, I think Aaron Gordon found a better place to play basketball. Uh, I would definitely say that. Yeah, and then the Thunder gets a bonus, which then, of course, leads with Oladipo to the Paul George trade. I'd say Thunder definitely no regrets about that. They got great value in uh, that one, and a pick that I think a lot of people are going to forget going forward that the uh, Thunder had to trade to get. How old do you think Bismack Biombo is? This feels like one of those trick ones where he's younger than I think. I'm going to say 31. He's, he's 30. Oh, which I, is I, a lot younger than I thought. Bismack Biombo feels like he's been in the league since like the <laughs> 1994 season. But I was like, uh, oh. I would that, have guessed like 34. Serge is 33, so Biombo's three years younger than Serge. That's still one of my favorite draft stories was the Buddy Healed one. where Do you remember where it came out? He was later like two years older than he thought. Yeah, his age every, was wrong. Yeah, and they they asked him about. It. He was like, "Yeah, no one just really asked me how old I was, so I just didn't mind, just didn't tell him." Just classic buddy hey. stuff. Yeah, don't tell on yourself. Twenty fourteen, Alfred Payton trade. 
we're really getting in the weeds here. The magic, the magic received the rights to the number ten pick, Alfred Payton, and his hair. The 76ers get uh, Dario Saric and a 2017 first round pick, along with a 2015 second round pick. Doesn't feel like a lot of winners on each side who, here. Who, who did they take with that 2017 first round pick? Let me find this. I should have this. This is bad podcasting. No, it's great podcasting. It's a it's a peek behind the curtain. Do you have any great thoughts on um, Alfred Payton? Well, a- Alfred Payton cut off his hair, um, and that was sad. It, it's kind of like uh, him and Lonnie Walker both had such iconic hairstyles, um, and then moved on from those. But yeah, I mean, this is a, a very forgettable trade. Would be my analysis. Yeah, I'm I'm looking here. Also, my head's about to explode. Um, this has been a very fun exercise, but all of these years and moving parts, um, I feel like I, I don't know which way is which these days. Yeah, I'm seeing an Orlando pick here that looks like a draft and stash with a name that I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. Mm. And it's not a name that I think that you're going to go, Michael, how could you leave that out? He's a prime player in this league. There's Maybe just... he's still... he. There's still time for him to come over. Nice. We shall see. I mean, his name starts with A and Z, and it's one of those where it has like an apostrophe over the Z. So ah. I'm not, nope, not doing that. Not going to look dumb. Um, and then we go to 2013. This is a trade that kicked off the process. Nerlens Noel and a future first in 2014 uh, to the 76ers, and the Pelicans get Drew Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Good deal for the Pels. Absolutely, yeah. The Pelicans uh, launch that off. Still accelerating their, still helping them out today. But it it made sense at the time why the 76ers did it. They didn't think they were going anywhere with Drew Holiday. Nerlens Noel before that year was supposed to be like the number one pick right before he tore his ACL. Yeah, had some injury concerns. But yeah, and was the the number one prospect in his uh, high school class as well. Yeah, I remember after Anthony Davis graduated and they said, this is the next guy, and you're just going, are you kidding me? How do they get two of these guys? Obviously, Nerlens doesn't turn to Anthony Davis, but he was a monster in college. And the 76ers... He was pretty good with the Thunder, too. He, he was he, one of the he, better he, Thunder he, he backup bigs. I I liked him a lot. He had great hands, great feet, as we get into mm-hmm. some Nerlens Noel deep dive here. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I like Nerlens, and for Philadelphia, going back, this is after they made like that Igudala for Andrew Bynum trade where Bynum like hurts himself bowling. You remember that story? I do. And then they take Evan Turner, who um, just turned out to be a fine player, but not who you'd imagine you're taking it to. Yeah, uh, and, a, and a relatively short career um, for Evan Turner as well. So, yeah, that that's a... Is that the last one, or do we have more? We have two couple? more, only two more. Okay, we have seventeen pick, uh, trades into the lottery um, since twenty thirteen. Trey Burke, another guy who I think had a stop in Oklahoma City. Jazz received the number nine overall pick. Trey Burke. The Wolves receive. This is a flash uh, back moment here. Time machine. Number fourteen overall. Shabazz Muhammad and twenty fourth uh, in the twenty first pick uh gorgie jang this one had little to no impact on the national basketball association shabazz muhammad another like top tier high school recruit ucla um never really did anything in the nba though trey burke at least had some moments i mean we were uh 
up until recently trying to decide who was better between Trey Burke and Jalen Brunson. Um, so, yeah, shout out to, to Trey Burke. And then the, la- trade. and the last one here, Kelly Olynyk, and he is uh, picked by the Celtics, who moved up to 13. In exchange, they give the Mavericks the 16th overall pick, which turns into Lucas uh, Bebe Noguera and two future second-round picks in 2014. A truly uh, ground-shaking trade. Wasn't that the... Uh, was uh, Bebe the two years away from being two years away? Or I think you're thinking of Bruno Caboclo. I am thinking of Bruno Caboclo. Thank you very much. Um, this is uh, This is why you're here. Okay, now that I was thinking of the wrong guy, I don't have anything to add. Yeah, but Kelly just... Olenek, though, uh, Team Canada teammates this summer with uh, the fighting Lou Dortz and Shea Gilgis Alexanders. I wonder if Jamal Murray's going to play or if he's just going to nap for a tour. I wonder that, too. Um, you know, it's interesting. Just to totally sidetrack this, uh, this is uh, very random, but... You know, there's a lot of talk now that like, oh my gosh, how's Jamal Murray never been an All NBA player, never been named an All Star, which I I think it's kind of a ridiculous yeah question. I, I mean, like he's been a very good player, but a lot of that is just like circumstantial. Like, well, he was hurt, or he didn't play enough games, or his numbers weren't that great. Um, so that kind of answers the the questions. I wonder if you ask. The in, let's see. I think I would know the answer from NBA GMs, but I'm going to go with NBA fans, NBA Twitter. Would you rather have Jamal Murray or Shea Gilgis Alexander? My answer would be Shea, and it's yeah. not particularly close. But I just wonder, like, this is so narrative based. He was so great in the playoffs. Like, I wonder what people at large would say. I think it'd be closer than it should be. I think it's Shea, and I don't think it's close like you mentioned, but I think there are a lot of people who only watch the finals and a lot of uh, recency bias, and there's just people who just don't really know what's going on in Oklahoma City more than anything. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's Shea, not close to me, but I, I just brought it up because uh, Kelly Olenek reminded me of of Team Canada, and when you have the conversation of who's the best Canadian basketball player... I think it's Shea without a doubt, but I think it would uh, that that seems like a summer, like an August talking point when there's nothing else going on, um, kind of on a talk show of, of 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 having this debate. Next up on first take, who is the best uh, Canadian player, and how does it affect LeBron's legacy? Yeah, is there like a Canadian equivalent of first take? Something um, like TSN? after you? Because I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that's gonna that's gonna go by some people but yeah uh more than anything with all these trade-up uh things i just wanted to get some perspective about how much it takes to trade up i don't think there's a lot of overpays in this uh the thunder obviously have the assets to trade up but i don't think if as you go through a lot of these trades that we talked about a lot of these teams it was worth it to trade up necessarily and all this is revisionist history but that's more to say that you don't have to trade up to get the right player if uh, especially in a draft like this, it's just such a mixed bag and so many guys are jumbled up. If you trust your front office, which I think most Thunder fans do, you can probably just live with whoever falls to 12 and then them making an informed decision. Yeah, and 
the one thing I'll say about the Jang trade going back a year ago, that wasn't really a trade up. I mean, that was like buying into the the draft yeah. in exchange for for future picks. I mean, uh, again, I've I've told this story before, but um, at the draft when Wi-Fi spotting, no one knows what's going on. Like my initial reaction is like, okay, like which one of these guys did the Thunder actually take between J Dub and Jang? And it turns out, well, they they took them both um, because those were those were future picks that they that they traded. So the Thunder still could do something like that, even even after this Nuggets trade. I mean, they still have uh, just so much in the coffers to where they they could pick at twelve and they could maybe trade with somebody to to basically buy for future assets the 16th pick the 17th pick the who 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 knows so they could do something like that or as we've been talking about they could package 12 and future assets um to trade up but i think this was a helpful exercise um to uh to know what the cost might be um however like this is totally dependent on the strength of the draft what teams draft boards look like um and those are those those are the two main things but they're like two huge things that we just we have no idea what Sam Presti's draft board looks like right now i have a pretty good idea of who's at number 1 and they're not going to get that player um i don't know who is at number 2 i assume it's either Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller um but like what if what if the thunder had what if they had Cam Whitmore number four on their draft board? Well, they might be trading up with the team that has Cam Whitmore tenth on their draft board. Um, so then that would make a trade a lot more feasible. If if they were, um, if the Bilal Kulabali, which uh, go back and listen to the the uh, uh, previous podcast you did, because I learned a lot more about Mister Kulabali. If the Thunder had him, you know, fourth on their draft board, well, then that's going to make a trade up. A lot more likely to happen. So there, there's got to be some like disagreement between two teams on a prospect for a trade up to happen. Yeah, and all this stuff like why there's so many draft trade uh, day trades. I mean, I looked up a website for this, and it literally just has every draft day trade uh, trade in NBA history. Just went through, and I was like, is this a lottery pick? And um, a lot of these draft day trades are on draft day because you don't know who's on the board. GMs want to yeah. know who they're selecting from. And then just fun thought, I like what you said about teams having different draft boards. I do like to imagine there are teams out there who the Thunder try to trade with and the th- uh, the other team's like, well, who are you interested in? It? And, and then they have somebody snapping their finger and they're like, pull up the film of that guy. Do we Have we watched that guy at all? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they want to trade up for Josh Giddy. Who's that? Or whoever. <laughs> and it's, now other teams are like, maybe we should just take who they were going to take. <laughs> The uh, the Thunder does have a history of making trades on draft night. Like mm-hmm. the Al Horford trade comes to did did we talk about that one? I don't think we did. I don't think that I don't think a lottery pick attack. It did not. It did not involve a lottery pick. That is that is absolutely um correct. But it did involve a pick just outside of the lottery in the sixteenth pick. Uh, the Thunder traded Al Horford to the Celtics, um, for Kimba Walker, who was then bought out. And the 16th pick. So basically, um, Thunder took on the bag, bad money of the uh, the Kimber, 
Kimba Walker contract and and got the 16th pick for for Al Horford. So that turned out to be a very good trade for the Thunder. They then packaged that that 16th pick became uh became our good friend um Trey oh Mann? My God, why, why why am I blanking? No, it was Houston the Trey Trey the our, oh, our, is our, it? our young guy from from Houston. Shingoon. Shingoon. Oh my gosh. I, I had the sh on the tip of my tongue and I all I could think of was Dario Sharge. But yeah, Shingoon was drafted with the sixteenth pick. Uh the Thunder draft Trey Mann uh with with the eighteenth pick and get future assets um from the Rockets. But just uh just taking, just, just taking that Celtics trade. That was that was really good value for the Thunder. Man, who had it on their bingo card that we would talk about two different Kimba Walker draft day trades where he gets bought out after by immediately by the other team. Yeah, no kidding. But mm. I'm I'm glad we did this exercise. I do think it's um, informative just about what it takes to trade up because it is. There's a lot of people. It's like, well, you just throw a first, you throw this, then you move up. It's obviously a little bit more complicated than that, and it's not always fruitful to trade up. I think that you can probably do on one hand out of these 13 or whatever that I mentioned, how many that was probably worth it to trade up or the team doesn't regret trading up. What chances, give me a percentage chance that the Thunder select someone and actually selects them, not involved in a draft night trade, but actually takes someone and rosters that player at number 12. Oh, so this is assuming they won't trade up, trade down. It's just, it's no, got to be no a trade ups. They, they take a, they like a player at 12. They take them. And a couple of days later, we're talking to him at his introductory press conference in Oklahoma city. Well, this is not an informed take or anything. Obviously this is just me projecting. I 45%. I don't know. I think okay. that, um, it does change things a little bit because they only have three of those picks at most next year in 2024, which is a draft that a lot of people are trying to get out of. But maybe the Thunder can spend that to another team. They do have some nice looking juicy picks. I mean, the one that we mentioned after lottery night, the Utah one still makes a lot of sense to me if the Jazz want to do mm -hmm. that. And I think that would be something super likely. Uh, hopefully, and then you have like Washington and um, the Mavericks look like maybe they want to move out of 10. Maybe you can do 12 and you take on Berton's contract and 10 or something like that. But I I'd probably think that they're going to move up. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like what we're hearing with um, like the Pelicans maybe moving up to get Scoot, but maybe as yeah, high as crazy. seven. Yeah, no, no, that, that that makes sense to me. Um, I'm kind of torn on this. I think that's a good number, though. You're basically saying 55-45, they mm -hmm. do trade up. Um, you know what? As the Thunder hedges the future of NBA teams, I'm going to hedge your bet and say it's uh, I'll, I'll give them a 55% chance to actually draft a player at 12 and, and, and not move up. Um, Sam has said this in the past, and I repeat it often, that Trades are always more likely to not happen than to happen because trading is hard. Um, you have to have two parties on the same page. Um, but I do think there are multiple avenues. I mean, we did a podcast on this a couple of weeks back about hypothetical trade ups. Um, and I think those those could happen. But um, I don't know what we're saying here. It's, it's about a coin flip odds going into it that the Thunder is going to trade up. Well, if the Thunder do trade up, and I'm right with my 45%, we're going to talk about that for 20 minutes uh, on the next week's pod. If you are right, uh, this will never be mentioned ever again. <laughs>
I think that's, that's the only fair right. way to do that's, it. That's that's how it goes. You know, <laughs> it, it's a lot. It's a lot cooler to be right about like predicting something will happen than being right in predicting that nothing will happen. You know, I think you need that in your Twitter bio. Joe Masato, seventy three percent right on uh, draft predictions. Some innocuous Listen, number. I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, a week from Thursday. Wow. It, it's coming by quick. I mean, the season ended, we get out of the finals, and it's immediately like onto the draft. I mean, it's pretty quick turnaround, but we've got a lot of cool stuff coming. Uh, we had, like you mentioned, Tyler Rucker came on last week to talk about Bilal Koulibaly. I thought that was really informative, but you've mm-hmm. also got some stuff that you're working on with some different uh, draft reports. You just did one about some big men, right? Yep, did one on the big men. Um Kind of supplemented your podcast on Koulibaly by talking to a a French reporter who's who's covered him uh, to, to just to get more perspective on him because there's been so much talk. Uh, we've done draft sh- series on the the shooters, the quote unquote thundery guys. Uh, I'll have more draft series rolling out before next Thursday on wings. Um, I've got one just combo guards, scores, so trying to cover all these guys that could potentially take. And uh, I will be in Brooklyn on draft night. And, Michael, it's going to be a long night, but um, maybe we can make plans to, to have a a podcast in the dead of night to, to recap the draft and whatever the Thunder did. I'm a night owl, but you're going to be working a lot harder being at the draft, and you're going to be in the Eastern time zone. So hopefully we'll send you some energy drinks so we can get something recorded and get put out at like 3 a.m. or something crazy like that. I will be pumping coffee into my veins. I will be even more scatterbrained than I normally am. Um, I just imagine you. Let's, let's do it. Let's just, do it. I just imagine you laying down on your back, holding the microphone, and you're just talking just whatever. It's like, yeah, I don't know why they uh, traded for this, Joe. That is not what happened. You were you were there. That is not <laughs> what happened. But, anyways. Thanks for coming on with me. This is a blast as always. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming up this week and next week as we get prepared for the draft. Maybe some big announcements coming soon. But Joe, do you have anything else to plug before we get out of here? Uh, nope, nothing else to plug. Just uh, still rolling out those those draft series. We'll we'll cover any breaking news as it happens. But um, yeah, all all lies on the draft. Well, thank you all for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate us five stars on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, at ThunderBud on Twitter, and we'll be back again for more Thunder coverage and NBA talk on Friday. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.